You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on Instagram and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. Welcome again to the Theology Music Podcast. My name is Joel. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Thanks again for supporting it and sharing it with your friends. Uh, As always, if you would like to partner with us and do a little bit more uh, supporting through financial means, uh, we'd be more than happy to have you do so. And so if you are wanting to do that, you can always go to buymeacoffee.com slash Theology of Music. And there you can sign up for one of three memberships. $5 $5 a month, $15 a month, and $25 a month. And by doing so, you get exclusive content. So I am going to start putting things behind the paywall. Uh, so some podcasts where the episodes are going to go longer, I am going to keep behind the paywall. Uh, specifically one where I, I did with a, uh, a joint podcast, or I did a podcast episode with uh, another podcast called Deadman Walking, which was a really awesome conversation that went pretty long. Uh, and so half of it will be behind the paywall. And so if that's something that you really want to, uh, that's something we want to listen to, uh, that's the way to do it. Um, we're, we're having some pretty cool guests coming on this podcast and I'm super excited for that. I'm, I'm so stoked uh, and just so blessed uh, by God to see this happening. So thank you all for um, just being interested in this podcast. And we've got some really cool guests coming up. Not that we haven't had cool guests in the past. But we, we've got some really good guests coming. Some of the best, you could say. I guess you could say they're the best. Anyone's better than me. And I will be the first to admit that. <laughs> so, <laughs> with that in mind, today's episode's actually been influenced by my the podcast I did with Dead Men Walking. Uh, we talked about, um, specifically about churches that are... Uh, are singing songs that aren't, or churches that aren't biblical that might be singing biblical songs, right? And so uh, I've, I've talked about this with uh, quite a few of my guests, and uh, Mike Donahue and I talked about this a little bit on, on the podcast, um, actually kind of offline the podcast. And uh, he, he and I were talking about how there's a worship war, and he said, there's a worship war? I didn't even know there's a worship war. Uh, and I said, that's because you're, you're famous and you do not congregational worship, you do just, you know, like Christian music. Um, but church worship, wor- worship songs that are written for the church. Um, there is a worship war. There are two sides and they are very uh, strongly opposed. And you might be on one of those sides listening to this podcast, which I would be really, um, really blessed and uh, excited to know that both sides would be listening to this podcast uh, because I think I, I have been on both sides in my lifetime, and I also, um, uh, I I know how each because of that I know how each side feels, uh, and I see the division, and that's kind of where this podcast is, as I've talked about, is is going. Is I don't want to be another voice on either side. Now today you might be saying, well, hold on, the title of this podcast is this I believe in parentheses, the, the creed and whether or not Hillsong backs that up. Yes, that is the name of this podcast. But 
Um, it's, it is not a podcast deconstructing Hillsong or Elevation or Bethel. There are plenty of podcasts who do that. Uh, Dead Men Walking, who, we, like I said, we did a podcast um, about worship music. They talk about that more at length than I would. Um, and even, like, we, we agree, but I'm, I believe my role and my purpose is different than theirs, right? And I think that's a big difference that I, we're not doing today. Some things may be the case about uh, about a church or a person, right? But is it our role to be the champion against that? You know, I mean, I think that's something that we should all think. I say that a lot. I say cool, and I think that is something that we all should think about. Is is what is my role in in this circumstance? Am, am I really? Do I have to be a key player? And I think everyone wants to be. I said it again. People want to be key players because it makes you feel important and makes you feel like I've done something. I've, I've accomplished something, but in reality, we're not accomplishing some of the basic things we need to be doing in our lives. So with that, let's get into it. Sorry for that long intro, but I wanted to give you a heads up about stuff and just kind of set the stage. So today we're taking a look at a song called This I Believe the Creed. So there is a season, much like there are seasons of corporate worship, where um, people write about certain things or words are certainly in songs, right? So, so good to me uh, after Reckless Love uh, was in every song or after What a Beautiful, no, not What a Beautiful, King of Kings, people were putting falsetto, head voice songs. So, you know, in uh, King of Kings, it's majesty, right? You've got that. Right, you got that. Other songs were throwing falsetto head voice in. So there's, there's always a wave of commonalities and similarities in songs. And during this time around the, um, like the mid 2010s, um, the, the apostles creed was something everyone was doing in their church, whether it was a sermon series or songs or both, it was a big deal, right? I mean, even my church back in Virginia at one point did a sermon series through the apostles creed, except we chose the most annoying of songs to do to sing the creed, which was the, um, <clears throat> I think it was the creed by um, the guy from Third Day and another guy. I forget who, who was. It's, it's all long. Anyway, uh, I believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of heaven, Maker of earth, and in Jesus Christ's only begotten Son, our Lord so unsingable so obnoxious and we sang it every week that wasn't my choice i will say that <laughs> I, w I would have chosen this song but i wouldn't have chosen to sing this song this song this i believe every week either because it gets old even if you're doing it for a series so this song was that for hillsong uh I th i'm pretty sure they did a, a sermon series on the apostles creed but this song kind of came about from that and, and it's, it is the Apostles' Creed, right? So if you don't know what the Apostles' Creed is, the Apostles' Creed was, uh, was something that you would unify the church with, right? It was, um, some people would say it's more for Catholic people, but um, it, the original Apostles' Creed was this like, okay, so this is ancient church, right? The early church or ancient church. Um, what unifies us? What are the core doctrines? Right? What are the essentials that we have to believe for us to uh, to be the same? 
because when you are starting this whole new movement, which is Christianity, a lot of people are going to throw different, like, well, that's not actually what we believe, blah, 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 right? And so the original Apostles' Creed is this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and, and sitteth, this is the original, sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So, the contemporary version just changes and updates the language, so it's not from thence, it's he will come again to judge the living and the dead, rather than from thence he'll come to judge the quick and the dead. Um, he is seated at the right hand of God instead of seated on the right hand, right? So, but it's all the same. And and the wording, right, you might be thinking, well, hold on, the Catholic Church, the Holy Catholic, that word means the Holy, the universal church, right? Uh, all believers in Jesus Christ. And this was... The, these were the main tenets of our faith. What, what did we? What did you need to believe as an to be a part of this group of Christians? The apostle said, "This is this is it. This is what we need to believe and hold to to be called Christians." And so um, you have Hillsong, which you might not like because you think they're her heretics saying these things. So the song goes, the first verse, our father everlasting, the all creating one, God almighty, through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ, the son, Jesus, our savior. Yes, that's biblical. <laughs> I believe in God, our father. This is the chorus. I believe in Christ, the son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one Trinity language. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. It's the end of the apostles creed for, I believe in the name of Jesus. No issues there. Our judge and our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in you. Still good. Descended into darkness. A little bit of poetic language towards descended into death or to hell. You rose in glorious light, forever seated high. So seated on the right hand of the Lord. Course again, I believe. So the course is, I believe in you. I, the bridge is, I believe in you. I believe you rose again. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's the song. And then... After that, you do, uh, I believe in the life eternal. This is kind of like another verse to build back into uh, the chorus. I believe in life eternal. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again for I believe in the name of Jesus. And there you go. That is the song. So that's completely good all things there are great. And so you might be thinking, do you have an issue with this song? I don't. It's actually really singable. It's super catchy. It's easy to play and sing. And it makes sense. The lyrics are clear. Like they did a fantastic job taking the Apostles' Creed, modernizing, modernizing it and making it singable and palatable for everyone. And I would see that, I could see churches that were more, uh, not on the charismatic side, still enjoying this kind of song. I would hope that they would, because it's still true. Um, but here's the question, though. They're saying all these things. Is that what they believe? Now, uh, before I go, because I've, we can look at their What They Believe page on Hillsong's website. You have to understand, and I'm not saying that this is because they're heretics and they're lying to, and I'm not saying that they're not. 
But what I am saying is no one is going to put overtly crazy things on their what they believe page for their church, right? Because that's a red flag and you don't want to give people red flags. Now, they may know that they're doing things that are converse to or adverse to what they say on their what they believe page, but they're not going to say that. Or maybe they believe those things, but are putting different practices into place. Because here is the deal. What I find interesting today is that we have a lot of people on that side, the more reformed side. And I'm on, I'm on that side. I'm not saying I'm not one of them. I'm a, I'm, I'm a person without a place to lay his head. I'm like Christ. No, but we have people who now, right, are so, yeah, Mark Driscoll should not be a pastor. He was a bad man. He was a bully and all this. He was, he was, he was sinful. There was no infidelity. There was no homosexuality kind of stuff. Like he didn't care about that. Like he wasn't preaching a false gospel. He never preached anything that was counter to the gospel in the tenets of the faith, as much as I remember. And yet, everyone, unequivocally, he should not be a pastor. And then we say, well, Hillsong's unbiblical because they're they're saying things that are cra- they're, they're saying things that are crazy. And I'm going, okay, so. What, what are we doing with that? Why, why, why do we often look for the sin of others and not ourselves, right? As Christ says, you're looking for the speck in the other person's eye when you have the, the log in yours, right? You, pastor, are not perfect. And I would surmise and submit that your role as a pastor of a church is not to decry the inconsistencies or uh, an invalid preaching of another church, but it is to be better yourself. It's not do good and moralism and behavioralism. No, no, no. I'm just saying you might be a bully pastor like Mark Driscoll. You might be lazy, a glutton. You might be greedy. Just Christian in general, listener in general. You have a lot of crap you have to work out in your own life. That's the same. That's for me. Like this whole year, I've talked about this before. This whole year is me going, all right, God, okay, can we stop listing off things that I suck at and I need to work on? Can I, can I just talk about the, my hurt and my pain and how other people have hurt me? Can I talk about that? No. Oh, oh, oh okay. Why not? Oh, because I haven't worked through my own stuff yet. Fair. And that's the difference, right? I think, I think about this a lot like the Crusades, right? You're going to go, well, that was a jump. Okay, just listen. Don't go crazy. Just listen. So the Crusades in a grossly, uh, uh, some, uh, grossly oversimplification were we need to take back the Holy Land, Jerusalem, because that's for Christians, not Muslims and those who believe in the hold to Islamic faith. Now, here's a question. Are those who believe in Islam right? No, they're not. To be a Christian, you have to believe that the only way to God is through Christ, his son. And the only way to to experience and receive true salvation is from God through his son and his death on the cross. If you don't believe that, then you're not a Christian. And if you don't believe that and are not a Christian, you're not right. You have, that is the, that is a main tenet. If you're reading the Apostles' Creed, that's what you're saying. And if someone is saying the opposite, they are not a believer. And that means they're not going to heaven. They are not in the right. So... 
were the people in the Crusades true to believe that those who were in Jerusalem, the Muslims, and those who believed in uh, held to Islamic faith, faith were wrong? Yes, they were right to believe that because they were wrong. Did they go about it in a good way? No. No. But this, this is what I'm saying. That's us. Sure, those in these, these churches, right, may be saying things. And w- there are quotes. There are plenty of quotes from false teaching from uh, Hillsong. Prosperity gospel, which is a false gospel. The belief that you uh, are, in t- are, are supposed to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. That you are not supposed to experience um, hardship. That God demands just more faith and therefore, then you can experience more joy, right? No, that's not true. But it's, it is not, we have to be careful not to say that the, the gospel itself has been changed. They, they aren't saying that Christ isn't the, the Holy One uh, of God, the, the only begotten Son who, through whom we are saved through, by grace and through faith. They're not saying that they are, they are adding to the gospel in a pharisaical way which is still untrue and and completely wrong. So we we just need to be careful to not champion a cause based on something that's true, right? But then go all out. And then because we're going all out, we're missing one, our own sin and faults. And, And I believe because of that, we're missing out on what God's actually really calling us to do where we're at. And two, we equate false doctrine with a false gospel, right? So Hillsong has been known to not want to talk about homosexuality, to make a stance on it, to take a stance on that. And abortion. Okay. That's not a false gospel. That's just someone being wrong, right? Does that mean they're unbiblical? Yeah, yeah, okay. They are believing, they're not making a biblical stance on something true. But once again, is it your role to champion the cause of Down With Hillsong because they're doing this? I don't know. One of my favorite documentaries is The American Gospel, and it's about Bethel. I think it's good to have people who are doing that, who are doing a ton of research to help us stay informed. But we have to remember, at the end of the day, God is not calling us to make an account for someone else's faith and shortcomings and failures. God is calling us to make an account for our own faith and failures and shortcomings, although encapsulated in the perfect righteousness of Christ shed on the cross, uh, given to us by his death on the cross. Yes. So we will not experience hell because we've been saved by, by him. And if we've been chosen by him, we do not experience that. True. But there is scripture that says you're going to have to make account for what you did with your life. What that looks like in heaven, we don't really know. Some people say they know. We don't. So at the end of the day, your calling is not ultimately to be a champion of the cause of this church isn't right, but to be a champion of the cause as of I am the greatest of sinners. I am the least of these. And God is so great, yet in his greatness, he gave me salvation. Because we have people too that will say, well, I don't, I don't, you know, we can't know the, the heart of that person. So we can't cast judgment. And that's a fair statement to make. But what people say, the fruit of their mouth, right? Out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. Out of the, out of the, out of the, 
I think I just had a stroke. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you're saying is what you believe in your heart. Yes, that is very true. And so we must hold people accountable in our scopes of influence to what they say. So if I say, ready? If I say, so my, my brother-in-law and my sister and their daughter were here this weekend. It was fantastic. It was awesome. Oh, it was so great. If I tell them I love my wife and that I'm harsh with her and I'm mean and I make sly, snide remarks towards her, they are supposed to go, okay, here's what you said. Here's what you're doing. They don't line up. So you got to change. That's true. And that's good. That's the part of community. That's one of the great things about the Apostles' Creed and this song, because it says, I believe in the saints' communion, meaning the communion of us as saints, as people who have been saved by grace, the communion that we have with each other, which is supposed to be one of accountability, edification, and admonishment, right? We are supposed to hold each other accountable. We're supposed to edify each other, and we're supposed to admonish each other with the word of the Lord. And if we're not doing that, and all we're doing is talking about the failures and shortcomings and everything about the and faith of the other people, you are not doing what the Apostles' Creed says. And if you're not doing what the Apostles' Creed says, then are you really a part of us? Ooh. Oh no, did I say that? I did. I said that. I'm sick and tired because I'm, I'm talking to myself too here. Look, I'm not just preaching at you guys. I'm sick and tired of people in our faith, specifically on the Reformed side, making it their life's goal to only talk about what's wrong with another side. Bro, fix your family first. (laughs) Uh, Do you lie? Do you manipulate? Are you lusting? Heck, are you looking at porn? All these kinds of things. Like, If you, listener, are more concerned with other people and their faith and their failures, guarantee nine times out of 10, if I really probed, if you and I sat down and I really probed, I would find an area of your life that you have not completely surrendered to the Lord and you're not really wanting to anyway. It's not, oh, I didn't realize I didn't surrender to that. It's, I know there's something that I'm not surrendering, but I'm not gonna do the, the introspective work because then I'll have to make an account for that. Let's be honest. I mean, let's really be honest. That is That is the case for many of us, for myself included. So let's stop doing that. So yeah, sure. Hillsong has said some things that are not true. You should not write a book, Brian Houston, called You Need More Money. And you should not be able to be quoted saying, we have to become comfortable with wealth. Poverty is definitely not God's will for his people. I know what, and I know what you're trying to talk about, which is like God did not intend for His people to be lowly, but maybe He did. Scripture's clear: there will always be the poor amongst us. Now, is that just because of the fall? Pre-fall, were we all supposed to be wealthy kings? I, who knows? But the reality of it today is that Scripture speaks to that: there will always be people who are poor amongst us. We will always have the poor and the widowed, and that is okay. Because in that pain, we see the glory of the Lord. You, you, you don't know what you don't know. We often look at the world and, or even just the church. Maybe we, we look at the world and we work backwards. Okay. The world's like this. So God has to be like that. No, 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 no. Remember 
God. It truly, this is not how the world is supposed to be. The fall is the reason for how the Lord, the world is right now. But what a, I thought God didn't give us what I thought God is gracious. And yeah, I like, I thought, I thought he was going to be kind and, 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 like, isn't he going to give us like the good things or does he not give us what we deserve? Like, okay, one, Christ. We have Christ. Just because you're poor and you have a broken leg or you wrestle with an illness doesn't mean God's not kind. God sent Christ. Full stop. Perfect kindness right there. Well, this church is Christ. Christ is bigger than that church. Do you think you're greater than Christ? Do you think you have the power to change people's hearts? But I've done all this research. I've, I've done all this kind of stuff. Cool. Good for you. Is, how much do you think that's really going to change anything? How about you change your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit and let him work on your heart. And then maybe through your righteous prayers, because here's the difference. If you're not submitting your life to Christ and you're not really giving him everything and you're really not like, honestly surrendering your life and, and dying to yourself and, and being held accountable for your sin and holding things against others in your heart, are your prayers really righteous? Now, remember, righteousness isn't uh, ultimately dependent on you because it's dependent on Christ what he did on the cross. Yes. But it's like we talked about before. Scripture is really clear. You, you leave your altar. You leave your, your sacrifice at the altar if you're holding something against your brother in your heart. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? God doesn't want your worship on a Sunday morning if you have bitterness towards someone else. In fact, don't even go to church. Fix this with the person first. That's, that is the type of intensity that we're supposed to have towards sanctification and holiness. There's a reason why Christ said, cut off your hand rather than sin. Gouge out your eye. And yet we go, yes, we have to have intensity. And then we don't actually execute that practically. So, fix yourself first. And I'm not, once again, it's not humanism, it's not moralism, it's not behavioralism. Fix your stuff. Get your house in order first before you start throwing stones at someone else's house. Okay? That's what you have to do. It's, a, it's not about what other people are doing. God did not call you to be a champion of, of truth in other people's lives. First, he did not do that. He first called you to be a recipient of the ultimate champion of truth, Christ, in your life. And you must be governed and owned and guided by him first and his word. And then, yeah, maybe then you can add something to the pot of other stuff going on, right? But not before then. So you might be thinking, well, the children, I thought this was going to be about Hillsong and what they believe. If you go to their what they believe page, everything's biblical believe that the Bible is from God. It's his word. It's accurate, authoritative, applicable. Believes in the one eternal, one eternal God who's created of all things. He exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit. He's to he is totally loving and completely holy. 
It's true. We believe that sin has separated us each from God and his purpose for our lives. It's true. We believe that the Lord Jesus is both man and God and the only one who can reconcile, reconcile us to God. Both true. He lived a sinless and exemplary life. True. Died on the cross in our place. True. Rose again to prove his, his victory and power for life. True. We believe that in order to receive forgiveness in the new birth, we must represent, repent of our sins, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and submit to his will for our lives. True. Right? I can go on. We believe that God has individually equipped us so that we may successfully achieve his purpose for our lives, which is to worship God, fulfill our role in the church, and serve the community in which we live. I'd say that's true. Now, we believe that in order to live the holy and fruitful lives that God intends for us, we need to be baptized in water and be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you might say, well, I don't believe in, in, in immersion, baptism by immersion. Okay. That's not a main tenet of your faith. Do you see <clears throat> in the Apostles' Creed, which is supposed to be a basic, main, the main essentials, we must be baptized by immersion or sprinkling. I don't see that. That's not in scripture either. Now, it's, it is it is a, you repent, believe, and be baptized to show, now I believe in immersion, to show that you are really a Christian, to show that confession that you have towards others so that they can hold you accountable. I believe that is is the intention of baptism. Is it outward showing it of, in, of an inward change? Yes. But here's the thing. Then then they go, the Holy Spirit enables us to use spiritual gifts, which is true, including speaking in tongues. Now that's where you go cessation versus um, continuationism, right? With, with gifts and tongues and all that kind of stuff. If you believe that that is not the case, are you now no longer a Christian? No. And if you believe that this is the case, are you no longer a Christian? No. Jesus didn't say, hey, um, and Paul didn't say in scripture, okay, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, or I think it's believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. One of the two, I'm getting mixed up. He didn't say all of that and then just say, also, you have to believe in tongues. Or also, you have to make sure that you don't believe in tongues and that you tell other people that if they believe in tongues, they're not right and they're not Christians. He didn't say that. So let's let's just be careful with the word unbiblical, false, false gospel. I, there is false doctrine. There is uh, there is a looseness and laxness with scripture and misinterpretation and misapplication. Yes, but once again, you behind a keyboard on Facebook do not matter to Brian Houston. And you might be, well, what about the people being led astray? God will handle them. If you believe that God has power over salvation, then God also has power over other people's salvation and their alignment with him and their walk and their faith. Hmm? If you're reformed, if you're really reformed and you're a tulip man, then you got to believe that. You got to believe that the irresistible grace, meaning that they will truly be Christians because of the irresistible grace, right? If you're really reformed, that's what you believe. You get what I'm saying here? What about, but what about like, but what about these people, right? We've got to help them. We got to help them. We got to, they're being led astray. Once again, you're not Jesus. And if you believe in Romans 9 and you believe that scripture is inherent, inerrant and applicable and true, God destines some people 
to not experience his grace, but only experience his wrath. And he gets glory in that. So those people who might be being led astray are being led astray by his will. Could be. That's a thought, isn't it? Are the people being led astray by some of these churches a part of God's plan? That's a good question to ask. And is it really your role to try to get in the way of that? Oh, oh Joel, come on, stop. That's a little much. All that I'm trying to say is we're not that big of a deal. We have been called to certain things in our lives. And it's not to be ministers in the sense of working in ministry occupationally or anything like that. We are called to live the lives that God has called us to live where we're at, meaning we are to live in righteousness and holiness and to pursue him and his kingdom first and to share the gospel with everyone as if they were not Christians, to believe that God can do what he can and wants to do. Okay. We must believe that God is truly sovereign and that we are not. And then, I, and then I think we'll stop making a big deal about some of these things. Appropriately so, we make a big deal about some of these things and that's fine. But this song is great. And if you are not someone who says, I'm not going to do a song song, this is a great song. If you ever do the Apostles' Creed in your service and you want to follow that with a song, this I believe by Hillsong is fantastic. You, know, you don't have to do it as long as they do. But it's great. It's awesome. They did a great job. Those guys did an awesome job. Ben Fielding. Uh, ben Fielding, but also another Ben Fielding. <laughs> so two Ben Fieldings, but it's Benjamin and Ben. Matt Crocker, Matthew Crocker. Wow, just brothers, just a bunch of brothers. <laughs> Those guys did a great job. They really did. And in 2014, they, they released an awesome rendition of the Apostles' Creed. This is a wonderful song to sing for your church if this week. I mean, we're doing it this week at our church. I'm playing electric guitar. It's gonna be great. Not because I'm playing electric guitar, but it's just gonna be it's gonna be great. All that to say, guys, let's let us just remember what are the essentials and to make sure that those essentials are practically lived out in our life. Let's not be someone who only looks at the faith failures and and faults of other people, but first and foremost looks at our own. And then gives them to the Lord, right? We're not supposed to be these downcast Debbie Downers of our own lives. And I'm just so terrible, right? Paul even said at the, after saying that, I'm, I am the worst. Well, I, who could save me? I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I want to do different things and I don't do them. He says, but thanks be to God, Christ. He did it through Christ. So there's hope for everyone. And let's just remember that. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's a little different, but I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that you guys are getting excited for, like I said, a lot of these guests coming. I'm sorry about the whole paywall thing, but I'm not. Because if you want to support me and you want to also get access, access to exclusive content, this is a way to do it. And I might lose listeners, but that's fine. It's okay. I know that you guys love me. I know that you want to support me. And so if those of you who feel like you can financially, please do. Monthly membership would be good. Five dollars. A month is nothing. Seriously, just don't go out. Like, don't get a coffee from Starbucks. Brew your own, bro. Come on, brew your own. Actually, no, support local business. Don't support Starbucks. <laughs> Kidding. Anyway, 
Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a wonderful Lord's Day as you worship corporately with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I hope you take an honest look at yourself and maybe your faith in failures and faults this week. But with that, thanks again, guys. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.